Welcome to the Social Pros Podcast, the content marketing awards winner for best marketing podcast. This is where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your social better. Emma, which provides innovative email marketing tools that drive brilliant results. Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one connections with your customers with integrated solutions for social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. And by Yext, the global location data management center helping companies of all sizes manage their business listings across their website, apps, and 100 plus publishers, including Google, Apple Maps, Facebook, Bing, and Yahoo. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, joined per the usual by my man, the myth, the legend. He is the executive strategist from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. He hails from Austin, Texas. He is my special Texas friend. The one, the only, Mr. Adam Brown. Hello, Jay. I don't know. I don't know if I like special Texas friends. I don't know. That that makes me seem like I'm in a special <laughs> like kind of short bus? Or silo or, or pigeonholed of some sort. I can just go Texas can, friend, can but I, it's such a big state that's not really narrowing it down any. And I tell you, and you don't realize how big this great state is. I've been here about six years until you have to travel to one of the other places in the state. Um, I was talking to somebody who, who lives over in, in El Paso, and it's, it's like nine, 10 hours from Austin. And Austin is in the center of the state. So when you kind of take that, you're, you're looking at you know a good day just to get across the uh, the great state. Yeah. So you're it's like Germany right. to Greece or something. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's like it's, four time zones, yeah. And and uh, Texas, known for its uh, scenic roadways and uh, and byways, I'm sure that's not a boring nine or ten hour drive at all. It's armadillos and uh, and barbecue. One of those is great. I am so excited uh, for today's show. We are breaking format, as the kids, as the kids say in radio, uh, and we are having on our show uh, the hosts, the co-hosts of a brand new podcast, which actually launches tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, a brand new show called Influence Pros, produced uh, by our team at Convince and Convert. It's going to be the definitive, unbelievably fantastic podcast all about the world of influence and influencer marketing and advocacy. Joining us on the Big Social Pros podcast, the co-hosts of Influence Pros, soon-to-be podcasting legends, Ms. Heidi Sullivan, who's a senior vice president at Cision, and Mr. Todd Cameron, who's head of content and strategy at Tap Influence. Hi, guys. Hey, Jay and Adam. Thanks for having us. We're pretty psyched about tomorrow. Likewise. Yeah, it's going to be a big day. We are so excited about this show. Uh, Everywhere we turn, certainly Adam and I in our travels uh, around the globe and talking to to companies and corporations and at conferences, people are always asking us questions about influence marketing and, you know, where is it going and and what's real and what's kind of shady and funky and and crazy. And uh, we thought, man, we really need to have a podcast about this because there's lots and lots of topics and lots of great stories to tell. And we could not be more thrilled uh, that you're going to tell those stories. And I know the show launches tomorrow, but Heidi, you guys have some some episodes uh, in the can. So when the show turns on tomorrow, there'll be some episodes for people to listen to. How's it been going so far? 
Oh, a really exciting. You know, I, I will tell you that we have asked every guest so far what their definition of an influencer is. And um, we have gotten an absolutely different definition every time. So I think even though it's the hottest topic around these days, talking about influencer marketing and figuring out the right strategy, uh, one of the great things about this podcast is that we're not all necessarily uh, in agreement on the definition at this point. So uh, we're definitely there to explore and help people navigate. And it's, it's worthy of a show. If everybody had a, a mutually agreed upon definition, there would be no reason to listen, I suppose. Um, let's, let's ask your co-host, uh, Todd from Tap Influence. Certainly that company is uh, very much in the midst of the influence marketing revolution. Todd, how do you define influencers? You know, we define influence here as it's a little different than the way a lot of people look at it. I think for us, you know, everyone has influence and it's, it's how you choose to use it from, from people who have very large social followings. And even if you have a smaller social following, but a really active, engaged audience, that's what's really, that's what's critical. So the, in through that chain of communication, influence can really blow up and happen at, at any point. And so that's the way we kind of, approach it when we work with our clients and our influencer marketplace. I also want to acknowledge that uh, one of our sponsors on uh, the Big Influence Pros podcast is Zuberance. I love those guys. Uh, and Zuberance takes a, a related uh, but slightly different uh, tack. Uh, they are very much in the world of advocate marketing. So the whole concept of really, in some ways, your best influencers, although perhaps not the largest audience, but perhaps the most credible, uh, are your existing customers and your existing uh, employees. As, I, as I've said in the past... Uh, if your employees aren't your biggest advocates, then you don't have an advocacy problem. You have uh, either a hiring problem or a huge corporate culture problem. Uh, so we're super excited to have Zuberance involved in the show uh, as well. Heidi, are you going to be able to touch on some of those concepts, some of the advocacy side of the influence marketing world? Absolutely. And I think a lot of what we're talking about uh, on the on the podcast is the variety of different influencer marketing programs that you can have, right? Um, we'll explore everything from really high-end celebrity endorsements to really uh, niche influencer marketing programs. Like Todd was talking about, you might have people who have influence and not uh, a Bieber-esque following, uh, but are really have a voice that resonates on a particular topic, uh, to the advocate marketing of uh, really finding those employees, those fans, those Uber fans, your favorite customers that are your ultimate ambassadors. Person who has a Bieber-esque following is Bieber. Uh, he is a he's a category <laughs> unto himself, uh, which is pretty Im impressive. Heidi, I, I want to ask you a question, uh, just from sort of a historical perspective um, standpoint. So you are, in fact, an influencer in your own right. You were one of PR Week's uh, most influential public relations uh, professionals. You've also been at Cision since two thousand and four. Uh, which is a long time to be anywhere and certainly a long time to be in a technology company. So you have almost seen this influence marketing um, concept from from Genesis to where it is today. You want to comment on that a little bit? I mean, it's got to be such a whirlwind to think about, you know, where Cision started and where this industry started and now where it is uh, today. We got a podcast and all these different programs and all these different, you know, Snapchat kids who are making all kinds of money, you know, talking about brands. It's got to be uh, quite an amazing uh, journey for you personally. Absolutely. You know, I don't think that I would have ever been with a company for 12 years uh, had I not 
been in an industry that's so ever evolving. I have a different job every single year. Um, and for those of you who are doing the math, I was 17 when I started at Cision. Um, but um, mm-hmm. at, at any rate, <laughs> you know, I, I think when I started at Cision, I was working uh, on the media database. So for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's a searchable database of all kinds of journalists that you can reach out to, what they cover, their phone numbers, their email addresses, so on and so forth. And I really liken influencer marketing as the next evolution in media relations, right? Because the whole purpose of media relations was I want people to be my advocates, to talk about my brand in a really authentic way so that I can reach my target audience. And that's always been the reporter at the New York Times or the local host of your uh, morning newscast. Um, But what we've seen with social is that that audience is totally fractured. And Jay, I know you talk about this a lot, that um, people are competing with uh, your mom and your best friend on your Facebook feed and news is aggregated in real time, customized to you, uh, which hasn't necessarily diminished the importance of, say, uh, the New York Times, but it just means that we need to identify those other voices that resonate with our audience. And um, suddenly you can be a mom in her basement in Iowa or um, a uh, teenager on Snapchat or um, an engineer at a small startup in Silicon Valley and have a voice that resonates and gain a significant following and be like those journalists. Of course, it's different rules of engagement when we talk about engaging them, but uh, the ultimate concept of that relationship building and getting others to advocate for your brand is still there. Well, and I love how you touched on on that concept of sort of micro communities and influence within them. One of the things that I've talked about a lot over the years is that we tend to, especially with brands, we tend to confuse influence and audience. And so we say, well, this person can theoretically reach a lot of people, therefore they are influential. And and for me, influence by definition means that you can cause an action, right? It's not just, it's not just reach. It's, you can actually cause somebody to do something. Uh, And so there's lots of, of celebrities or quasi celebrities or demi celebrities who, who might be able to reach a lot of people, but it doesn't mean that they necessarily can create action that, that you need to, to be created. Uh, And in many cases, you have people who have a smaller audience who have less reach but are manifestly more influential uh, because they are topically pure like they know a lot about a particular uh, a particular topic and people trust them and their opinion about that topic and so uh, I know that's something that you're going to touch on on the show from time to time is is kind of keeping uh, keeping those definitions straight and keeping the the strategy straight and I wanted to ask Todd about that Todd you wrote a post on LinkedIn just a couple weeks ago that I absolutely loved called influencer marketing is a strategy not a campaign uh, and I'd love for you to kind of summarize that post for social pros listeners because I thought it was really spot on yeah so the way that you know we look at it is historically to your point I think when people first think their first thought when they think about influencer marketing is simply celebrity endorsement you know something that's been going on in in the offline world you can go back like in, into the late 1800s where that started um, and again you're absolutely right it's it's no longer about just a reach metric. So when, when we first started doing this, so TAP started doing this in like 2009, and what's kind of funny is the, the business model back then was they were actually hooking up um, kind of community pages on brand websites. And, and then what they found was 
the people who were the most passionate were the people that ended up then moderating those community sites. So those became, you know, influencers. And then, it, you know, it's certainly evolved since then. You can't imagine now going to very many brand sites and having a community page where you engage. That simply happens on social media. But so a lot of, uh, as it's changed and evolved, a lot of people were using it for say, hey, we got a product launch or something along those lines and thinking, let's just throw, let's add influencer to this. So it was really looked at as a tactic, you know, a one-off campaign tactic. And, and to the point you're making earlier, Jay, about like advocacy, you know, we had a great show that we've recorded the, for, for the podcast where we had a group and they were, t- we had two, two amazing women on and they were talking about how they, they do have a go-to group that are, are almost basically advocates, influencer advocates at this point that they use all the time, but they also constantly use new folks. They're always looking for the new voice as new channels come online. So what we've seen is the results are exponentially better when you create it as a true channel and, and an area that Heidi and I agree on is it is like a new media channel. You know, there's a lot of money that flows into digital advertising. We know through ad block and, and things like that, that that's getting less and less effective. Um, but this is in, in our mind, this is definitely a new channel. So, you know, say you shifted 10% of the money that you've had going into digital advertising and started doing an always on, as we call it, you know, influencer campaign then you're going to see it's a very critical part of the strategy. You know, these are real people um, that have these passions. I mean, consumers engage with them because these people are consumers. So the whole point there is just simply don't look at it uh, as, as just a one-time like product launch kind of tactic, but actually start to build it in. Put this into your true marketing mix run, you know, run it as an always on campaign. And you're definitely going to see the ROI results. Thomason did a study last year that said, you know, there's, it's the fastest growing channel, but it also delivers the highest ROI of any marketing channel you have. Amen, brother. Todd, one of the things I just, I love that you just said was talking kind of about the evolution of, of influence marketers. And Heidi, you mentioned uh, a media map. And I can remember in the late 90s being at Ketchum PR, I was there for about eight years. And we would use media map. And media map was, was such a godsend because it was one of the first opportunities for really collective wisdom. Lots of PR professionals could go in there and they could say, hey, you know, Walt Mossberg, this uh, reporter at the Wall Street Journal, you know, you, it's better to, to pitch to him on Tuesdays and Thursdays. His kids are Stacy and Kevin. They're ages 8 and 10. Uh, don't pitch him on Fridays. Uh, always get to the ch- cut to the chase. Email works best. And if you looked at what we were doing with influencer marketing right now, you're exactly right. As, as Todd said, it was so much about celebrity. And then as social media has matured, we kind of went to the other guardrail where we were looking less about the feelings and our Rolodex, but more about how many followers do they have, how much engagement do they have, and things like that, recognizing now that that, that didn't work out so well. So the, it, it seems like the pendulum, Heidi, is, is kind of shifting back. And one of the things I'm, I'm curious if you're going to be talking about on the show is, is what is that algorithm? What is that thing to really find out whether or not somebody is truly an influencer? And is that always changing and always in flux? Adam, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as outlining the history of where this has all gone. Um, One of the things we talk a ton about on the show is transparency and trust. Um, And so 
frequently, not every time, but a lot of times when you look at celebrity influencer endorsements, um, those can begin to seem disingenuous unless it's something that organically happens. If you have a celebrity that's using your product or service and they want to talk about how much they love it, it, it definitely makes a big difference. But uh, you know, certainly what Todd was talking about with the always on campaigns, the relationship building that comes in influencer marketing um, is so key. Uh, it's um, so much less of a click here or buy now. It's way more of building those relationships over time to have those voices that are going to be your advocates and on your side on a more consistent basis. And another thing that we frequently talk about is um, seeing this shift that we've seen throughout all of social and relinquishing a little bit of the ownership over the message. So as marketers and PR pros and social pros, um, we've really always wanted to control that message. We fine tune every last letter of our tagline and our key messages. Um, and as you begin to delve into Advocate marketing and influencer marketing is so important to empower your community to own that message themselves. Um, and, and it frequently takes off in surprising ways. But again, that trust and transparency as you play into this is what's really resonated in the long run. Right. I'd like to always say, Heidi, it's kind of the art and science. I use that analogy for a lot of different things, but it's it's really looking at that evolution. And again, recognizing today's younger consumer, authenticity and genuineness are absolutely so important. Todd, you know, the other side of that art and science thing is the science and it's the the measurement. And again, we, we were we were just a couple of years ago looking at follower counts and, and crazy kind of um, I call them, they're almost like the Twinkies of, uh, of, of metrics because they're, you know, they give you calories, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not filling. So as you look uh, at, at, at influencer programs, how are you measuring kind of the success of this spokesperson or this celebrity or this influencer having higher efficacy? Obviously, you can look at, you know, things like sales and, and, and other metrics, but are there any new ones that, that you know, influencer marketers are looking at as, as maybe that next big hurrah? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are. There, there's some things that we're working on here, which is pretty exciting and, you know, we should have it completed, I think, by the end of this first quarter. But what it really starts to dive into is the audience metrics. So you're really now not only looking at who like an influencer reaches, but how does their audience engage? What does their audience look like? And then what platforms, how do they engage? So I think as, as we're evolving the, the practice of, of influence, you're starting to see these new metrics come online. And I know we won't be the only ones. I think you know, that to me is the final piece of the puzzle that really puts influencer marketing on the map for everybody. It's become, as, as most of you guys have seen out there, it's, it's become one of the top topics that's being talked about for 2016. Every, you know, when they do those beginning of the year, like what's going to happen. Um, and I think that last piece of that, to your point, Adam, is the, is the metric side. And so what we're doing is, you know, our, our CEO, she's promised she's always about, it's not about reach. It's not about reach. And so what, that's what our, our product team has really been focused on was digging in the really understanding 
deeper engagement metrics and models and how do you look at that so so you may know that they have a big following they have followings on these platforms but then really getting in to how those audiences engage and that's what what we mentioned earlier in that it's not always the biggest audience that um, is the most impressive. Sometimes you can have a really small audience, but they're highly active. And then those audiences um, get their audiences active. In fact, I saw something recently that said the old six degrees of separation thing, the old Kevin Bacon line is actually down to about three and a half degrees. So I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting so connected across um, every platform now. So, so we're building some stuff. I know others are out there doing the same, but I think what you're going to see is these really, really insightful engagement metrics that, that are going to start to come to, uh, to the surface this year. Well, and Adam, if I can piggyback on that, I think uh, Todd's absolutely correct that looking at audience is going to be key I think in a lot of ways as well, you know, we saw the ad tech revolution and truly being able to uh, measure things down to how they impact business objectives. And we focus so much on following and eyeballs. Um, But what we're seeing now is that even though influence marketing frequently is a top of the funnel marketing effort, um, that being able to track action, you know, Jay said it at the very beginning of uh, influencers are people who can inspire action. Being able to identify those actions and start to measure them is how we're going to tie these back to business objectives instead of warm, fuzzy feelings or lots of followers. In, in the whole genre of influencer marketing, are you seeing the same thing that, that I think Jay and I are seeing in social? I think we're seeing a maturity where social has been for a while this kind of specialty or subspecialty group that sits somewhere inside of communications or marketing, but it's still, you know, the special teams kind of does it. And now we're starting to see social really being embedded where almost every marketer or communications or PR professional knows social media kind of at its basic tenets and and maybe even a little bit more. I'm going to hypothesize that influencer marketing, Todd, is, 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 is kind of the same and that it's gone from being kind of a subspecialty and you're certainly going to have specialty boutiques and shops and agencies that really focus on being those, those subject matter experts and having those connections. But it also seems like something that really the average marketer and the communicator is really needing to become a lot stronger in. Yes? Absolutely. In fact, y- you know, what we're seeing now is it seems like every couple of weeks, you see a new network pop up that could be very specific to just a platform. So now you have a company that's solely focused on Snapchat influencers um, or YouTube influencers. So, so you're right, there is that niche and that specialty side. But I think I, I, I agree exactly with what you're saying, Adam, in that sense that influencer marketing is really kind of a subset of content marketing. Um, you know, I've been in content for a while and I think what what it really helps you do is it helps you engage with consumers in in a sense in real time and in the language they're used to so so as more and more consumers have switched over to this more content focused approach to their marketing and their messaging there's a couple challenges they tend to run into one can be just the scalability internally and skill set you know not a lot of companies are able to kind of turn their marcom group into kind of a uh, a newsroom if you will um, and the second is, it's just that consumers are still going to be skeptical of anything that comes from the brand. It can be great content, but when it's coming from the brand, there's still going to be a, a level of skepticism around it. Whereas when you're using these influencers to help kind of 
be able to scale that message and bring that authenticity. And that's the word, is, as Heidi mentioned earlier, those, that's the kind of word that we, we talk about every single week in, uh, in our podcast. Being able to bring that out is, is really what's going is making the difference and why, you know, more and more marketers are starting to embrace it. Because the, the reality is the conversations are happening. As Heidi mentioned earlier, historically, we've crafted that you've, you know, either in in-house or you've worked with an agency to get every last design element right. Every single word has probably been proofed by at least 10 people to say, OK, this is exactly how we want it. And that just will not work. These conversations are happening between consumers. They're happening in real time. And you have to be able to join that conversation in a very native, natural way if you expect consumers to engage with you. I couldn't agree more. And that's why I'm glad we also have another podcast called Content Pros. You see how this is all working together like a triangle, like I had it planned. Uh, I mean, our friend, uh, our friend Mark Schaefer uh, has, has coined the, the phrase content shock. And that concept has, has gone around and around the industry now for the last 18 months or so. And this, it's this notion that there's so much content being created because, as we all know, uh, we don't need to re-legislate, re-legislate that here, that, that content marketing in many cases can work better than traditional marketing because audiences are tuning out to traditional tactics, et cetera. But if everybody's creating content, and they are, Content Marketing Institute says 70% of marketers will create more content this year than ever before. When you play that out, um, that's a lot of content for the same number of eyes and ears. And, and so the philosophy then is that is that influencers is the way to amplify content, to, to make content uh, actually resonate and, and to put eyeballs uh, and ear holes against it. And I think that that makes sense. And we certainly advise a lot of brands how to do that at Convince and Convert. But Todd, I think you touched on a really important and interesting point there, which is that in order to make that work, in order to make uh, influencers uh, a viable part of your content amplification strategy, you have to give up a significant measure of control of the message and the positioning of that content. And especially in B2B, uh, which is where both of you are, uh, there's this tendency to say, look, we need to say this exactly this very specific way. And now we're saying, okay, we need to set that aside and use influencers and say, hey, could you guys talk about this in whatever way feels authentic? But authenticity typically means lack of message discipline and lack of control. How do those two things work? And, and, and maybe Todd and Heidi, you could each talk about how does that work in your own organization? And do you ever feel concerned about message control when you use influencers day to day in the real world? Like well, I can give you a personal decision example here. Um, during PRSA uh, International, which is the largest conference for PR professionals last October, Cision uh, launched a pitch promise campaign uh, using a hashtag. And we, uh, it's a big influencer marketing campaign for us because essentially we saw that the biggest struggle that journalists and influencers and bloggers were having and working with PR pros is the spray and pay, pray kind of spam, not best practices. And you had a few uh, PR pros who were uh, giving us bad reputation um, when a lot of others were doing really solid research and relationship building. Uh, it, as people who provide a media database, uh, we were very nervous about having a pitch promise campaign and saying to um, a, a lot of influencers in the space, this is the message we'd like to get out there, um, but we'd like to hear your experiences and thoughts with this um, could have backfired on us quite a bit. Um, 
and everybody really did tweak that message. Um, but you know, hundreds of posts later and lots of discussion, it it at least sparked the discussion in exactly the way that we were looking for. But um, was I hitting refresh on a ton of apps um, every 10 minutes for a good 48 hours? Absolutely. Um, because when you do really open up a conversation like that, uh, it is a little nerve wracking to uh, let others own your message. You know what? And I, Heidi, you are so, so right on with that. I think that one of the biggest challenges that you mentioned there, Jay, is the fact that it, it is change management, um, giving up some of that control. It's just people have habits and, uh, and habits, as we know, are very hard to break. And so even though you read reports of, of people who've been doing influencer marketing and, or even content marketing to a degree for a long time and doing it well, trying to make that change internally can still be really tough for folks. So, you know, you got to sell it internally. You got to get it, the budget approved or get money shifted over. Um, but to the point of, you know, giving up that control, it, it definitely works. And, and we've, we do that here. We're very transparent here at TAP and how we do things. And, you know, you got to be willing to show your warts and, and, and understand that like, Hey, not everything's going to work. And in fact, the things that don't work are actually the things that if you write about it and say, hey, we tried this, it didn't work, and here's what we learned, you're then going to find that people start to resonate more with that content. Because when you're putting out content as a brand and everything is always you know, blue skies and everything is perfect, you start to lose a little bit of that credibility. People want to hear from people who they look at, hey, that they're like me. They get me. They understand it. They make mistakes. We make mistakes. Um, so it's just that, that ability to be real. And in a sense, one of the terms I use a lot here is just, Hey, we got to own it. If we try something and doesn't work, you just, we own the fact that we tried it. It didn't work. It's kind of that whole, um, agile or, or Kaizen approach of it's continuous improvement. And so I do try to put that in practice with a lot of the content we do here with a lot of our, you know, our marketing programs to drive, you know, more leads and things like along those lines. Yeah. Some of them work well and some don't work at all, but we look at why they didn't work. And I think, you know, that's the, that's one of the toughest things that our uh, strategy team works with new clients on is you have to understand, unless you're in a regulated industry, we advise that you don't use drafts. Um, these people have a voice. It's a voice that resonates. And the more you try to control it, A, you're hurting the brand. B, the influencers doesn't want to work with you. And then C, the consumer, it's not going to resonate. So it is a tough thing. But the ones who do it well have figured it out. Like we have to give up that level of control if we really want to see real results come from it. And I will say that um, on the podcast, you will hear that theme again and again that Todd was just referring to internally. Of uh, I can think of a couple of guests already who have highlighted, hey, we gave this a try and it didn't work. Um, but there is an element of, of trial and error until you find the right mix for yourself. And finding that, I think that right mix is, I think, as you said, Todd, it is a cultural change, um, this idea of relinquishing control of, of a brand. And my, my question, Heidi, for you is, 
are we seeing this kind of this this challenge and this this kind of awkwardness on 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 multiple ends bringing maybe the public relations and the advertising people together you know i would i would surmise that that pr people are probably more comfortable with this idea of relinquishing control because that's essentially what they've been doing for 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 a hundred years, they've been kind of giving their message to a carrier pigeon, an influencer. A, in most cases, in the in the past, a traditional journalist who then broadcast that message out with with a level of credibility and an implied endorsement. You know, advertising has always been about well, I can control every pixel, I can control every microsecond of an ad, I can control you know every single aspect of it. Is but but everything is changing now because of the need to do paid activities for earned and owned activities that's bringing together PR and advertising is this kind of cultural transformation, Heidi kind of having that, that same effect and, and bringing everybody together. Yes. I mean, I think it's uh, definitely happening slowly. We've been talking about this for a decade now of this convergence of paid earned and owned. Right. Um, but what we're seeing and what I would say, cause uh, you know, I've historically come from the PR side, like you, Adam is, um, that there are really three elements of traditional communications um, that we're seeing really unite in the marketing mix. Um, one is content marketing that we've been talking about. Uh, the second is the actual kind of owning of the handles of social media management. A lot of times that piece tends to live in PR. Um, and then lastly, now influencer marketing, which, like I said, is kind of the the rebirth of media relations. So with those three pieces of communications really bleeding into the marketing mix, um, there is this element of traditional marketers getting very accustomed to the relinquishing of the message, the telling of the story, um, and uh, the empowering of the community that communicators are great at. What communicators are finding is that they really need to lean on their traditional marketing counterparts to find new ways of measurement. I mean, we were talking about those analytics earlier and PR was so much about uh, eyeballs and impressions and um, clearly needs to pivot from that. So um, I think that those three elements together, the social media management, the content marketing and the influencer marketing are really fueling the convergence that we've been talking about for a long time. Well, what's fantastic is we've got shows uh, covering almost all of those topics. We've got Social Pros, of course, which we're listening to right now. We have the brand new Influencer Pros podcast starring Heidi and Todd. Uh, that launches tomorrow. We have the Content Pros podcast and the Business of Story, which is our uh, award-winning show, which is just recognized in a very nice list of top podcasts this week. Uh, and that shows all about applying Hollywood-style storytelling principles to your marketing. Uh, I want to take just a moment here before uh, we close out the show and ask a couple more questions of our special special guests uh to recognize our fantastic sponsors here on social pros as we enter our fifth season uh, of doing this show uh, as always the show is brought to you by salesforce marketing cloud which has the eternal wisdom if nothing else of employing one mr adam brown they have a fantastic free ebook that you need to read it's called hashtag winning at social four steps to enhance your social media strategy all about how to uh, maximize those one-to-one customer journeys using social across all touch points in your organization external internal adam helped put it together as well great stuff grab it right now as soon as we're done talking Turn your browsers, ladies and gentlemen, to convinceandconvert.com slash 27. That's convinceandconvert.com slash the number 
27. Also, new sponsor on the show this season, our friends at Emma. Love those guys. Great uh, email service provider out of Nashville. They have something that you ought to read as well. It's called The Simple Psychology Behind a Great Call to Action. What's the best button color for a call to action? What copy gets more clicks? Find out in this helpful guide from Emma's email marketing team called Why We Click the psychology behind a great call to action. Uh, check it out at Emma. I'm sorry. Check it out at my slash click. That's my Emma, E M M A, my slash click. Also super excited. Uh, our old friend, Mr. Jeff roars, who formerly was the co-host of the show. He is now the chief marketing officer at Yext, uh, the local listings, uh, marketing organization. And Yext is a brand new sponsor of the social pros, po- uh, podcast. Delighted to have, uh, Jeff and team associated with the show. Check this out. They have uh, a new ebook that you should read called the power of location. So Have you ever searched for a store, a restaurant, or other business on your mobile phone, and you ended up getting directed to the wrong place, the wrong location? Happened to me just the other day. Uh, Bad listings data like that. It frustrates consumers, costs you customers. You've got to fix this, right? You've got to fix your business listings across maps, across apps, across search engines, across directories, across social networks. There's this massive proliferation of where local business data is, is collected online, and you've got to make sure it's right everywhere. That's one of the things that Yext is great at. Go check them out. It's Yext, Y-E-X-T. Their easy-to-use location management platform lets you update all of those places like that, bang, over 100 different sites taken care of. If you've got physical locations, you owe it to yourself to check this out. Uh, Learn more about how you can use rich listings data to drive more business to your company. Go to offers, offers, plural, offers.yext.com slash social pros. That's offers.yext.com slash social pros. Thanks so much to Yext for being part of the show this season. Mr. Adam, back to you. Heidi Sullivan, Todd Cameron. It's so great to have you on our show. And Jay and I are so excited about your show starting tomorrow. Another thing that I really think is interesting about what what both of you do, which is again, very much like what, what, what Jay and I do, is that what we are due for a job. Influencer marketing, social media marketing really didn't exist five or five or ten years ago, at least in, in how it relates. You know, you couldn't go to to college and and major in influencer marketing or social media like you could major in advertising or or journalism or public relations and the like. So Todd, maybe starting out with you, I'd love to hear kind of how you got to this point. And, and kind of how this world of influencer marketing is continuing to kind of embed itself in all these other facets of not just marketing and, 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 and PR and advertising, but also business insights, marketing insights, focus groups, and, and things like that. Absolutely. I started, my career started actually on the corporate side, you know, Fortune 100 company. Um, and, and you're right back then it was, we were just using email and the, and the web was kind of a new thing. In fact, I think some of the first websites, I remember designing the first website I worked on personally, and it was basically brochureware for, for the internet. Um, just putting everything that we had done in a beautiful print and put that online. There was really no interaction. And I, I moved on from that and I got more onto the agency side of the business and did a lot more. I, I, I could see that in the late nineties, everything was going to be all the innovation I should say was going to be driven through this new channel this this digital channel that we were that was evolving and over time spent a lot of time at the agencies and then a few, about 6 years ago 
as, as I started to get more onto the content side of the business, and I think the, the key for me having been in the industry for a while was getting back to there's so much more that, and so much better work we could be doing as marketers when we put consumers first. And, and that's what led me really onto the content side is really, hey, these guys, I'm a consumer and I know when I'm looking for information, it's really about the things that concern me. Um, how do we deal with those pain points that people have and how do you start to refresh and kind of reapproach your messaging strategy? And, and having been in the content world now for a number of years, I saw, as I mentioned earlier, kind of this need for new voices and more authentic voices. And as, as I learned more about the influence side and how it had started to evolve by, you know, 2010, 2011, you were starting to see it evolve away from just the, the simple, uh, celebrity endorsement into Wow, you know, social platforms. And if you think about it, social platforms in their current incarnation are, are really 10 years old. I mean, 26 was a watershed year for social really becoming the powerhouse that it's become. Um, this is the first time consumers ever had a voice. And, and I thought it was important to get involved with these in this kind of an arena and say, this is what it should have always been. I think if I didn't have a marketing and business degree, I would have gotten a psychology degree. But this is where it's moving. This is how people want to engage. And it's interesting to me, and I love the fact that consumers drive a lot of the conversations, and it's now time for marketers to get innovative again and say, how do we join in those conversations? We don't lead them anymore, but we need to be part of them, and how do we do that? And that's why I'm here, and that's why I love to come in every single day. And Heidi, I love what what Todd said about the idea of psychology really impacting influencer marketing. I've always said kind of the difference between influencer marketing and and just traditional advertising is tr- advertising is really about a call to action. I mean, you know, go get you to get out of your couch and go buy that that craftsman wrench that you saw during the football game on on Sunday. Where influencer relationship, influencer marketing is really about changing your perception, belief, emotion about a brand, product, or service. With your your very rich uh, and prestigious pedigree in public relations. Are you seeing kind of the world of, of PR being impacted by all this? And will the PR practitioner of 2020 look very much different than the PR practitioner of today? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's out of necessity that we are seeing the PR profession really begin to change, and it's happening at a very grassroots level. So uh, I think we've all quoted this at some point Um and I certainly quote it frequently, but, you know, there was that Brian Stelter article um, back in uh, 2008 when everyone was like presidential election. Oh, my God, young people are only getting their news from The Daily Show. Um, and a college student says, if the news is that important, it will find me. Um, and that's really the shift that's taken place where PR people no longer have the silver bullet that they once did. Um to begin to reach their target communities and reach their tar- target audience and build a voice that resonates. And so there are new tactics um, that we start saw starting with social uh, moving into content. And again, now with influencers, um, there are new ways that we need to interact to begin to uh, achieve the same goals that we've always had. You know, Todd said, you know, if he could go back to school, he'd take psychology classes. I, I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, why, why was I, you know, taking, you know, uh, you know, basket weaving and uh, synchronized swimming? It's like, well, yeah, because I wanted to, you know, improve my GPA. Heidi, if you could go back to school, uh, what what classes would, would you take and, and why? 
Oh, definitely. Um, I, I've talked at length about uh, an MBA. I think I've gotten a, a practical MBA in a lot of ways. Um, one of my spare time jobs at Cision is that I'm the interim managing director of our Canadian business. So uh, learning that P&L and doing all that kind of good stuff, um, I've gotten the uh, kind of crash course in all of it. But I think uh, having, having that business knowledge on the back would uh, definitely uh, behoove me. But I will also say that I am an amateur ukulele player. Um, so awesome. if, if if there is like a minor in ukulele somewhere out there, please let me know at HK Sully. I'm in. <laughs> well, probably at the University of Hawaii and hell, that wouldn't be too damn bad I was bad just going to say that's sounding pretty good right about now. <laughs> I think we should set it up so that the intro and outro music for your show is you on the ukulele and you could just be kind of strumming along influence pros. You know, I mean, it's, it's really got real potential. I, I think I can make this happen. Yes. If nothing else for the blooper holiday reel. I guess, <laughs> put together. Uh, super excited to have uh, both of you on social pros. So uh, fired up about your new show influence pros that launches tomorrow. Look for it uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, other places that you get uh, podcasts. I want to ask you the two questions that we ask every guest here on the social pros podcast. Heidi, we'll start with you. Uh, if you could give somebody one tip, one tip for somebody who's looking to become a social pro, what would you tell them? Find the people who are having the conversations that are important to you. What we found again and again in influence marketing is that influencers talk to each other. Um, and if you find those people, build those relationships and the rest will follow. Well said. I like that very much. Todd, the last question is for you. If you could do a Skype call with any living person, who would it be? You know, that's tough. I always think about these in the, in the sense of living or dead, but I would say living, it would probably be Jimmy Carter. I think the, his relevance that he still has today, going back to, you know, what he saw when he was president, I mean, it spans literally 40 years and just his ability to relate to people around the world and really see the evolution really of, of, our country and of the world as a whole, I guess, over those 40 years would be incredibly fascinating with someone from his point of view. I think it'd be a, an amazing Skype call. Man, nice answer. Did not see that coming. And of the 200 episodes that we've done or whatever it is of social pros, nobody has said Jimmy Carter. So that yeah. is a good one. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Well done, Todd. Bring in the, bring in the fire <laughs> on the influence pros, social pros crossover. This is like when friends showed up on Cheers or whatever, right? That's how we're going to do this. Well, Adam and I will come haunt your show one of these days and we'll just make up some stuff about influence marketing. It's going to be fun. Uh, we'd love it. Can't it's wait happy to have days you in and, um, and Shirley. Yeah. And instead of those final two questions, uh, we like to hit our guests with a couple of good old would you rather questions. Oh, uh, nice. So not necessarily as you've played it before uh, after a few cocktails, but uh, we look forward to asking you guys that. Okay. Shlamil, Shlamazel, Haas and Feff Incorporated. We will be there. Uh, Heidi, Todd, thanks so much. Also, thanks to uh, our friends at Zuberance for sponsoring Influence Pros. I want every single person to go uh, download the first handful of episodes of Influence Pros tomorrow. Give these guys a, a big welcome to the podcasting world. Uh, thanks for being on Social Pros, and we will talk to you guys soon. Uh, Adam, let's see. Next week, I am on the show, so that'll be weird. Uh, I am the guest. This, we got two weird shows in a row, so next week, I am 
and the guest on Social Pros talking about social media customer care uh, and hug your haters. And we've got a whole bunch of awesome uh, guests coming up, including Mayo Clinic, Hyatt, a bunch of other uh, fantastic brands. So a great run here on Social Pros. As always, on behalf of Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud, I am Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. And this, my friends, this has been Social Pros. Thanks for tuning in to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Emma, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext, and is produced by Convince & Convert Media. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcasts.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts.